Hello and welcome to Buildings of Tomorrow. My name is John Lester and in today's episode we are talking about decarbonisation, energy efficiency and how this all fits in with the broader sustainability story. I'm joined today by Augustine Garcia del Castillo, uh, who is the Sustainability Officer at Siemens Smart Infrastructure. Augustine, thank you so much for joining us. Hi John, thank you. Thank you very much for the time and the opportunity. It's my absolute pleasure. I apologise again about my attempt uh, for your last name, but one day I will get there. I, I, I promise you this. No worries. <laughs> um, thanks for joining us again. We've had a previous conversation and we talked on a broader, at a broader level around sustainability and how sustainability is is a topic that encompasses so many different things in this new connected and, and integrated world. Sustainability is not just about energy efficiency, it's about the use of space, the productivity and the health of people, um, you know, and, and the infrastructures and the systems within businesses and within our society beyond just the building itself when we talk about logistics and mobility and all these different things. Okay. Um, so we had that conversation and today I'd like to dive a little bit deeper into the decarbonisation and, and this energy um, focus because, because it, it, it's certainly one of the core parts of this conversation you know, and, and one of the ones where you know, if, if we certainly look around those of us that work in this building industry, this operational technology industry, energy is one of the, the driving forces be, you know, behind many of these industries yeah. existing. So. So let's look at a little bit at that. And and when I talk decarbonisation, uh, for for you, what does that mean? What, what's the scope that we're talking about when we talk about decarbonisation within this sustainability story? Yeah, well, obviously, as you were saying, I mean, uh, within sustainability, there are many topics and many things that we can uh, talk. But obviously, the most important one is about energy and about decarbonization, as you were right. And why decarbonization? Because it's really impacting the increasing of temperature of, of the world and of the earth, right? So we really need to act to reduce uh, CO2 emissions. And this is directly impacting on how we use, how we produce and how we procure energy. So that's why it's a very important topic for, for all the companies. And I would say for the entire society, because in addition, we have a specific targets to achieve. Like mm -hmm. in other topics uh, around sustainability, maybe it's not that concrete, but in decarbonization, we really need a, uh, we really have a specific targets and we have threats and risk associated to that target. So that's why it's a very important topic within all the, the companies and, and in general with the society. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, and I like that, that uh, distinguishing comment from you because it is, it is something that we can we can tangibly measure, and it's also something that we can tangibly link to to the effects that we're that yep. we're already starting to experience in our globe. We have been experiencing for some time, so we have a huge challenge. Um, it is something that's quite tangible. We can measure it. We can see where we've been successful. We have a target. We have an expectation to reach. Mm -hmm. How do we go about that? You know, when people, when companies or countries uh, or organisations, uh, political organisations like the EU talk about reducing uh, carbon or or reaching carbon neutrality uh, and decarbonisation, yeah. what does that mean? What, what are they trying to achieve? Yeah, well, I would say that um, to, to, to really address or tackle this topic of decarbonisation, we really need to see that for, from three different aspects. Uh, I would say even for four, but let's let's mm -hmm. take about three aspects. How we, first of all, use energy. So mm -hmm. all the topics related energy efficiency and really be more efficient using this energy. Mm -hmm. Second topic is how we produce energy. And this is the mm -hmm. second one. We really need to find um, ways to procure, to produce energy less coal dependent, let's put it like that. Mm -hmm. 
And third topic is how we procure energy. I mean, if you are not able to produce your own energy, what are the the, 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 the energy that you are procuring? Mm-hmm. But the fourth topic that I would like to mention is all these three aspects are enabled by digitalization. Yeah. Right. Uh, because you said at the beginning that is something that we can measure, we can track. There is a specific target, but with it, without using the right technology and the right solutions, and this is about digitalization, we will not be there, definitely. Yeah. So I would say use, produce, procure, but yeah. enable by digitalization. No, it's a good point because, as you mentioned, digitalization is really the enabler. And if we want to measure and we want to have transparency at a scalable level across, and, and maybe this is the big change or one of the big changes, if we go back 20 years, 30 years, uh, when we measured energy, uh, unless it was a really large building or, or a particular, you know, we, we didn't have a lot of information. We Energy was sent away. Um, people got bills. There was something mechanical spinning around in your yeah. in your building, but you didn't know when or where or what was using this information. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. we see already we we can collect a lot. We can understand a lot more, and this has to be scalable if we really want to achieve what we need to. Not only do we have the time pressure, like you mentioned before, but we have to see in every corner. Right? We need to yeah. understand yeah. where yeah. everything is going. Yeah, and don't forget about flexibility. So demand. I mean, you said okay, some years ago we have a certain idea how the system was working. Mm-hmm. Obviously, energy efficiency is, is there for is here for for a while. Yeah, so yeah. from some years ago, what is not here for a while is the flexibility of the demand. So how yeah. Companies, individuals, governments, and using this energy is absolutely flexible how they want to use, mm-hmm. and the supply side is flexible as well. I mean, yep. uh, renewable energies are not continuous, so and this is changing. Then, if it is not the supply and the demand is not matching, we really need new technologies and new uh, solutions to make it happen. And this includes not only technological solutions and digital solutions, but as well business models. Mm-hmm. So how can really companies can benefit and can have extra revenues from innovative business models to really be to really adapt to this new flexible way for use and supply energy? Yeah, and, and this is where we get into that third topic you mentioned around procurement. You know, yeah. what procurement options do we have in the future that enable us to to leverage energy when it's available or when there's a surplus to to uh, to choose to 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 procure energy from different people depending on what they're doing and how they're doing, and also to shift that that position where we sit from. You know, it's a term that we hear a lot in our industry, but this prosumer being a producer and a consumer. Yeah. yeah. You know, this this you can't just wake up one day and turn on, right? You need the technology, you need the infrastructure, and you need the understanding to really make that a reality. Yeah, and I would like to insist uh, on a topic that I I just referred in in our last episode, and Mm -hmm. it's about the the renewable energy procurement. Mm -hmm. So you cannot, companies cannot rely just on procure green energy to to really become carbon neutral. We know it's the fastest way to do it. Mm -hmm. It's not the 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 cheapest way to do it, but definitely is not the sustainable, the most sustainable way to do it. Why? Because there will be yeah, volatility in the energy, uh, in, the reno- in the renewable energy prices. Mm-hmm. There will be no capacity to supply all the demand that is generated. So we really need to focus on other topics, like, for instance, how to be more efficient, how to reduce energy, yeah, and mm-hmm. how to use these digital tools to really make it more efficient, the whole process. Mm. Okay, perfect. So, so overall, digitalization is the is the enabler. You know, without yep. the digitalization, we're not we're not really able to 
to completely measure, understand, or actually then react to the requirements in the industry. But let's go to your three points, because we talked about consuming, we talked about um, producing, and we talked about uh, the third one was, if you remind me quickly, procuring, of course. So so let's go through this step by step. When we talk about consuming, and here we're talking about energy efficiency, where are some of the areas that we can look and what's the conversation we can have to really optimise the energy usage as much as possible? Yeah, I mean, uh, I would say uh, to, to really uh, make it be more efficient and to really what are the main challenges we have in, in our the, in the energy efficiency, how we use energy. I mean, depends a lot of the industry we are talking about. I mean, if you talk uh, about automotive or food and beverage industry is really how to how we produce heat for all the processes. Yeah, mm-hmm. heat normally what we, we, I mean, we produce heat by burning fossil fuels. And obviously this is against all the CO2 uh, strategies uh, or neutrality that we want to achieve. So how can, how do we electric, electrificate all the heat production process? This is a real mm-hmm. challenge because we mm-hmm. are, first of all, we are like um, introducing green electricity in the process and we are, and we are and we are more efficient to produce heat. So I would mm-hmm. say main challenge in energy efficiency, heat production. This is one main topic. Uh, another one is to all regarding maintenance and how we mm-hmm. um, we can uh, make uh, a proper uh, maintenance of our installations with all the new technologies and, and new new data analytics solutions. We can make predictive maintenance solutions that it yeah. will uh, really save a lot of energy from our installations. So from that point of view of the demand and reduce energy, I would say these are the main two challenges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfect. And and I like those two examples because they really can create this holistic thing because it's not just about saving energy, but while saving energy, still maintaining that business yeah. continuity. And well, because right. no business can, you have to not only have the confidence that you're meeting your sustainability targets, but have the confidence that the light will stay on, you know, and your and your and your factory or your your business will still be able to operate because without yeah. this, then then the changes are not effective and sustainable. Yeah, yeah. Thinking the critical infrastructure, for instance, in data centers of you know hospitals or in general all the healthcare infrastructure during these COVID times. I mean, they have to be up and running 24-7, literally, mm-hmm. data centers and healthcare. But you need to keep it 24-7 in the most efficient way, yeah, and in yeah. the most sustainable way, because just by burning fuel or carbon or oil, I mean, it's not possible anymore. So really need yeah. to be uh, flexible and sustainable from that point of view. Hmm. Yeah, perfect. Beautiful. Let's move to number two, which was around generation creation. Um, where do we work here? Where, where are the opportunities for us to, to address this point? Yeah, I would say the, the, the more traditional one has been photovoltaic and it's still there. I mean, we I truly think there is a lot of potential on the photovoltaic. Efficiency is increasing every day. Prices of the infrastructure is, is going down every day. But I would say the next challenge is hydrogen. Mm-hmm. Hydrogen will be the new the new the new the new good te- the new technology to be mm-hmm. used in buildings and industry. Not today because it's, it's meant to be for a very high energy intensive industries like cement mm-hmm. or steel. Is not really there uh, when we talk about buildings or other type of industries. But definitely it will come and it will impact yep. not only buildings infrastructure but as well uh, mobility infrastructure, vehicles and and the way we move into the city. So I would say from the producing part of view, hydrogen definitely is one of them. Hmm. Yeah, perfect. And and that's a really interesting conversation to have because when we talk about hydrogen, you know, th- this does 
this does sit a little bit closer to what we know and understand from a from a, a value chain perspective to a to a more fossil fuel, right? Like it, it's generated somewhere, it's easily transportable in a in a um, in a solid manner. Let's call it. Yep. Uh, yep. You take it where you want to generate the energy, and then you consume it as required on on demand. Mm-hmm. So it it sits closer into what we know from an energy perspective. You know that traditional model. Let's call it. It's just mm-hmm. a different a different fuel type that we're dealing with. Yeah, um, yeah, and as well as it happened with the photovoltaic technology is really progressing in that aspect with hydrogen. So uh, we will yeah. see in a few years a lot of advance in that, in terms of paybacks, in terms of prices, in terms of mm-hmm. uh, of availability, so yeah. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, and, and, and again, that's a topic that can impact so many different aspects of this conversation. Like you described, it could be in mobility, it could be in logistics and shipping, it could be, yep. uh, you know, you may have a hydrogen-driven generator sitting in the basement of your building or in your hospital, rather than the, the oil or the diesel yes. generator that sits <laughs> yes. there today. And, right. and again, that gives you the opportunity. It's a little bit easier for us to get our head around at some point when you talk about it in that manner, rather than some of the other aspects, which, which are, you know, could, uh, as you said before, the, the re- many of the renewables that we work with today, they're not consistent, or or they 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 also bring with them some challenges that we need to hmm. bridge the gap between generation and demand with other aspects like storage and things like this. And hydrogen is one of those that can somehow sit within both yep. and, and convert renewable energy into a into a, a more fossil style um, assumption. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the last one, procurement, because <laughs> uh, because that's also an important one, not, not only because, you know, today uh, for, you know, for, for those living in certain countries, and let's take Europe as an example, what, what, we, what we really take for granted every day is that when we turn the light switch on, the energy will be there. You know, there are there are billions of people around the globe that aren't so lucky from that perspective. But, you know, from a business perspective, one day they want to be all renewable. They turn on the light switch uh, and there's no renewable available for them <laughs> to purchase. How do we how do we absorb and prepare for those kinds of eventualities? Yeah. And this is one of the challenges that I we really see. I mean, in the market, I mean, we have right now the, the main or the first step that all the companies are giving to become carbon neutral is by procuring green energy. And they can do mm-hmm. it in a, in a lot of different ways. They can use PPAs or power purchase agreements. They can buy green electricity for the for the utility. And, and they can have uh, uh, different tools and, and mechanisms to buy this green energy. But as I said, we think that there is some risk of the volatility of the prices of renewable energy. There will be a problem of capacity. So for that, what we truly advise our customers is to all these decentralized solutions. Yeah, mm-hmm. In terms of, okay, now companies can really produce their own energy. And it has not to be discontinued. We have, for instance, all the energy storage technology. I mean, we can use that. We have all the microgrid software uh, solutions that we can manage and we can track and monitor the the, the, the electricity that is flowing. So we don't really need to be dependent of external supply or renewable energies. We can Mm -hmm. procure our energy and even storage them and control that. And in the third point, even to make business out of it, yeah, because in yep. some countries regulation really allows to sell energy to the to the uh, to the grid, and we can mm-hmm. have a, a nice uh, business model for for these companies. So I yeah, would say absolutely. less dependent of of green electricity, more producing green electricity. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and here's where we come into the, the point that you mentioned earlier around new business models, because yep. when you do really find yourself more independent from from the, the utilities and the, the original providers of energy, it opens up opportunities for you to to leverage every kilowatt hour that you generate. To a yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you talk to a customer and you say you can make money out of sustainability, then you close the loop, <laughs> really. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 that's a great segue actually because I'm interested in in some examples. You know, we've talked here really specifically about energy uh, and decarbonisation, so energy efficiency in in the usage, um, the way that we that we uh, generate electricity, and then the way we procure energy. I'm interested mm-hmm. if you have an example because it's always nice to have a, a real world example to to show really what's possible. Do you have something in mind where you could give us an example? Uh, of what's worked and how it can work and, and to really set a scope and understand, you know, how we can really make a difference and how this can look like. Yeah, well, obviously we have, within the company, we have many, a lot of examples of how we can make it happen. And, and this is mm-hmm. something that we always say like, okay, we have been able to do it. We can do it in your facilities. Mm-hmm. We have many examples. I mean, we have, for instance, in Finland, the shopping center that you already know, uh, Cello, mm-hmm. what we really use, all these flexibility models uh, or, uh, to, to really create extra revenues for them, starting by reducing energy consumption, then create our uh, own energy or their own energy, and then to sell energy to the grid. So we really close the loop in, in the sustainability model. So it's perfect. But as well, we are signing global partnership with companies that, like Daimler, for instance, when we are not only focusing on, on the digital factory topic, but we are as well focusing on all sustainability and energy efficiency topics. And because this is a really important topic for, as I said at the beginning, for all the industries, mm-hmm. automotive is definitely one of them. So, yeah, yeah definitely is, is of interest for, for all the companies and all the customers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I really like that example because because I think this is something that we're going to see more and more of, right? Because if you think of a company like Daimler, if they want to address sustainability and energy efficiency across every office, every factory, every every dealership, uh, you know, their logistics network, uh, you know, this is not something that's an easy thing to achieve. Uh, and yeah. and that kind of com, you know, conversation and that partnership is is one of the ways that I can imagine you can start to unravel the complexity uh, and and start to make incremental changes towards achieving that goal. Even knowing that uh, you know if if they want to achieve a goal in 2030, they want to achieve a goal in 2050. This is not so far away in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when companies were talking with them and with different stakeholders, they said, okay, we have by 2025 this, uh, this ambitious target to achieve. We say, look, it's in four, three, four years. So we really yeah. need to do things now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We really need to act. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that reflects also the urgency that we have generally in society, right? Like we don't have time to, to waste. Uh, we know that we we live every day, and and, and absolutely in in different countries around the world, they feel the impact more than others. Mm-hmm. But but we already see today in society the impact that that happens if we're not fast enough, if we if we don't achieve what we know we need to achieve. Yeah. And that's one of the great things. I had a conversation in one of the other episodes with uh, with um, yeah one of the leaders in this grid edge technology, and that was one of the points that Sabina made was that. The speed and the urgency is now lo- no longer a- an option for us. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something that Absolutely. we need to achieve and we know. Absolutely. And what I'm positive is that we have the tools in place and we yep. have we have the solutions. We just need the, let's say, willingness I mean, to do it yeah, yeah. But, uh, and the awareness. Mm. 
Yeah, perfect. So we have the technology, we have the capability. Then we also have the pressure from society, which are, you know we had the conversation in in our last episode around the expectation of investors, that that society, you know, the employees, and they expect their companies to behave in a sustainable uh, and socially conscious manner. Uh, and then the regulation that's pushing it. And now is the time that we can start to make this really happen, right? Because right. Mm-hmm. because we gotcha. have the, the the digital technologies, we have the understanding and the capabilities, and we have the drive and the, and the force. John is the moment. You're right. Now's the moment. I like it. Perfect. <laughs> and it's a perfect place for us to finish because uh, because I, I really enjoyed that conversation. And I think, as you mentioned before, sustainability is a huge topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's and it should be. You know, we, we we have to look at every aspect when we talk about trying to save resources. We need to look at every aspect where, where those resources are used. Uh, but still, energy is a really important piece of yeah. that. And, and that overall energy network is an important one for us to talk about. Augustine, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you to you, John. It's an absolute pleasure. I look forward to uh, perhaps for you to, for you to visit us again uh, shortly to talk more about this because I'm interested and I'm sure others are as well. Um, for anyone out there who's listening or watching us, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Remember to share, like, comment and subscribe to uh, to our show in general. Every week there's a new episode, more conversations with Augustine to talk about sustainability and the energy efficiency and decarbonisation requirements there. So stick with us. Otherwise, thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.